following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE to get in on all of the action, including Michigan and TCU out in Arizona. What about Georgia and Ohio State? Pistons, Wings, and those Red Hot Lions. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookup. It is a Moneyline Monday, presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a live statewide broadcast, 19th station strong for the one close to you. Go to the show.net. We did get word within the last hour that the Lions and the Packers have been flexed to Sunday night football in America. It will be the last regular season game of this season. Lions to get into the playoffs. They need Seattle to lose to the Rams. And a game, I assume, will be right before at around 4, 425 Michigan time. And then the Lions and the Packers at Lambeau a little after 8. So that game has been flexed uh, to Sunday night. What a big stage for the Lions. Big stage games. They played well against Buffalo on Thanksgiving Day. I'll give them credit. What I do worry is that if Seattle, this this is my concern about the game right now. If Seattle beats the Rams and the Lions aren't playing for anything and the Packers get in if they win. I really think the Lions need that juice of the Rams beating Seattle on Sunday to fuel them for that game because it's one of the great home field advantages. I will give the Lions home crowds this year have been as loud as ever. You were fantastic. All of you that went to Lions games and Dan Campbell talked about that uh, yesterday and I went to what four home Lions games this year. Loudest I've ever heard Ford Field. It really it, it was it was a true home field advantage. And I think that's why the Lions part of the reason why golf and the Lions played so well at home. It's a tall order. We can use all the cliches. The Rodgers and the Packers are red hot right now, but that game will be on Sunday night. What a way to finish off the regular season in the National Football League. We'll talk about that game and the flex with Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com. Insider will join us in a moment. Uh, the hangover from New Year's Eve just isn't connected to Bud Light or Mick Ultra. For the Michigan fan, it's that god-awful first half and the mistakes that will keep Michigan from playing a week from tonight against Georgia. And I know a lot of you Michigan fans 
We're rooting for that field goal to be missed because if Ohio State would have went to the championship game and they would have beat TCU and they would have won the national championship after what Michigan did to them in Columbus and Michigan won the Big Ten title but then laid that egg in the first half against TCU, I think that's a marker Ohio State would have used and held over every Michigan fan, former players, coaches over their head forever. That's why when I was, well, I went to watch a game at Johnny Brands on Leonard West Side of GR. And then my good buddy Denny Middleton was playing music at Pub Putts on the West Side of GR. And I met a bunch of people uh, there that I knew. When the field goal was missed, and we talked about this earlier, the countdown for the ball drop and in Times Square, they're going like 10, 9, and then you look at Ohio State, their field goal kicker's running out, you see like 7, 6, I'm like, what clock am I looking at? And then he shanks it, and the place erupted. As a matter of fact, the bar started chanting F Ohio. The Michigan fan was giddy that Ohio State had lost because there's no way they could move on with emotion towards Michigan if Ohio State would have beat Georgia, a team Michigan couldn't beat a year ago, and Ohio State beat TCU, a team Michigan couldn't beat earlier in the day on Saturday, and the Buckeyes and Ryan Day were celebrating as national champions. That would have been a low point for the Michigan fan and probably the players and coaches. A low point in a year where you won the Big Ten and you dominated Ohio State, but it's how you finish. That's where we're at in sports. And the way that place erupted when he missed it. It was the Michigan fan right at the stroke of midnight to welcome in 2023 that the football God said, I will not let you. I will not let you hear from your Ohio State brothers and sisters that they did beat Georgia in the college football playoff, that they did beat TCU, that they did win the national championship in Michigan, celebrates with a Big Ten trophy and a win at Ohio State, but the Buckeyes are getting rings. Natty champs. That's why the Michigan fans erupted. They were hugging each other. And it wasn't because of New Year's. It was because the Buckeyes season ended on the same day. Theirs did. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at Michigan. Part of the Michigan football podcast you can hear at thewolverine.com. He's a co-host with Chris Ballas. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line. And uh, Doug, you know, I know we talked last week and... I said, as long as they don't beat themselves in the slow first half, the questionable play calling in the first half, uh, J.J.'s pick six, really, you could feel the game swing. And then they found a way to fight back and had one of their best quarters ever as a football team. And they put up 45, but it wasn't good enough. The defense missed some key tackles in the second half and, Michigan loses. Man, that, that was a tough game to watch if you're a Michigan fan and a tough game still to digest. But, Bill, it's, that's, that's pretty accurate. And it's difficult. As former players, it's difficult because you watch the football. And, and we knew who Michigan was going into that game and what our strengths were. And at key moments, we took the ball out of our best players' hands and put them into the hands of guys that had very little experience with the ball in their hand. And, 
the mistakes happened, and it just felt like uh, TCU quickly got Michigan into a game that we were not familiar with how to play, and we're sticking to our guns, and we're not running the football. And you know, like you said, the quarterback makes a critical error in that first pick six. You cannot throw the ball behind your receiver on that out pattern. That is a pick most of the time, especially against a good D-back like TCU had. And then it just went downhill from there. The good news, yeah, uh, J.J. showed the grittiness that he's got, and Michigan never stopped fighting. But it just felt like as that game wore on and, and TCU was calling out our plays before we even snapped the ball, it's like, wow, how, how badly did Harbaugh get out coached here by the TCU staff? They looked like they were absolutely prepared, had read Michigan like a book, and uh, like I said, got us into a game that we're not familiar with playing. And then you toss in a really bad uh, replay official that I do absolutely believe screwed us on that call. That was a touchdown in my mind all day long. But even then, uh, you just can't make those mistakes, Bill, and win football games at that level. And, And we talked last week. I said TCU is gritty. They're a gritty football team, and they certainly proved that. Well, you can just look at the drive chart for Michigan. Turn it over on downs uh, at the goal line. INT, pick six. Uh, punt, field goal, fumble, punt, punt, field goal. And even the third quarter, you know, they started with a field goal. They didn't score a touchdown uh, until the 744 mark and then went uh, berserk crazy. Uh, and then you get the other pick six, and oh my God, you had the missed tackle, and Michigan had cut it to three, and uh, just you know the speed on the edge. I, I thought Sonny Dykes and his staff of TCU exposed the weaknesses of Michigan. And one thing that wasn't talked about a lot that was brought up afterwards, and you being a former offensive lineman, you know that three three five was notorious because that's what Rich Rod uh, ran at Michigan. Uh, but the offensive linemen look confused on who to block during that game, at least the first half. Well, I, I don't, you know, the confusion part I'm not so sure about, but I'll tell you what TCU was really effective at doing. One of the things, when you're, when you're an offensive lineman and you're down blocker, you're, you're double teaming a down lineman to a linebacker, uh, and especially linebackers playing at depth like Ohio or TCU's guys were, the one thing that can cause problems is, is when those linebackers dart the gaps. And so what TCU was doing, as soon as they saw their gap responsibility and that lineman in front of them move to double team, the down lineman, they were firing through the gaps. And that throws the timing off. That means your uncovered lineman has to leave that down lineman double team to take that linebacker sooner. And so when you're wondering whether the guy's coming immediately, is he coming over the top? Is he going to sit on his heels for a second and see but TCU was throwing curveballs right and left, darting those gaps with those second-level defenders, and it was giving us problems, no doubt. There was one key play where Keegan, our really good left left guard there, just absolutely whiffed because the dude read the double team and was a, like a bullet shot out of a gun through that gap for a tackle for loss. And that happened time and time again, and it just, it just goes to show again that TCU was prepared and knew how to take take advantage of the way Michigan blocked the blocking style that we got to be so good at. And we just never really quite adjusted to figure out how to effectively take care of that problem. And then of course, you know, the answer is when they, when they load the box and take your runaway, we'll throw the football. Well, we know how that went as well. 
Yeah, I thought something you mentioned uh, at the start of this conversation, and Doug Skeen, former Michigan offensive lineman, five-time Big Ten champion, co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast at the Wolverine.com, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. That you didn't you didn't put the ball in the hands of your best guy, so you're around the goal line those those two times, and yeah. you don't use JJ McCarthy's legs to get you into the end zone or, or a quick slant. To Ron Bell, you you try and get cute with bubble screens and that stupid yeah. pitch, uh, halfback, you know, tight end pass, whatever. I'm like, what are and, and even TCU said it afterwards. Once they had to use trick plays at the goal line, uh, we knew that we could beat them. Two two things stuck out of my mind as I was watching that unfold. There, Bill. Number one, Michigan's got the best offensive line in college football, and as a former lineman, I told my buddies who are sitting there watching the game. I said. If I go out of the sideline coming out of a timeout and we're on the goal line to try to get a touchdown here and that's the play call, some reverse pass thing, I'm pissed because I'm a Michigan offensive lineman and this is we, we just maul people. That's what we do. And so that that alone uh, I you know bothered me, but then but then the the play call itself to put the ball in the hands of a freshman tight end who's never thrown a ball in a game uh, certainly, and not not in that situation. The, the result was disastrous. TCU had that thing sniffed out by a mile. And then, of course, the young man uh, takes the sack on fourth and two instead of getting rid of the ball or throwing it in the corner and maybe getting the pass interference or something. Instead of instead of first and ten on their own two, now they got first and ten on the, on their, on the 12. That's a huge difference, Bill. So, again, the play calling killed me in there. And then on the other one, after we get the jam on the replay, you put the ball in the running back's hands who played linebacker a month and a half ago. How about you just snap it to J.J. and let your big, strong running back get behind him and push him in the end zone like TCU did three times against mm. us? How about you do that three times, four times? I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, it, it, that entire first half, especially when I spent earlier today at lunch going through the play chart, and you look at some of the play calls of, Third and four, or four in the red zone when they settle and they're playing for a field goal and they're they're down in the game and I'm like you just were sending a message to TCU that they can win it you you were doing that early especially when you consider an Edwards first big run which by the way if you look at that replay if he cuts back if he cuts against the grain he's gonna go to the house I mean there's no one there uh, and and you're thinking okay here we go this is what Michigan did. You know, at Ohio State, what they've done in the Big Ten title games. And, man, and then the pick six, you could just feel it change. And then J.J. wasn't looking comfortable. He got the break at halftime. And, you know, when you have a half like they had, and you would have told me that they would lose a game, that they would put up 39 and a half and still lose, I would have bet everything I owned on that, that there's no way. And that's the, that's the other disappointing part of the, the way the game shook out there is, is TCU really exposed the edge of our defense yes. and, and the lack of strength there. They came, it, it wasn't between the tackles where they were killing us. It was off tackle. And, boy, they just made a living doing that over and over. And we, we knew going into the game, certainly anybody paying attention to TCU knew that, that wide receiver they have is a stud. That's an NFL wide receiver all day long. Big, strong guy that can run like a deer. He's an incredible player. And you get him loose in the field, you better tackle, you know, on arm tackle on that guy, and then get it done as it did not do. And he goes for the big touchdown to put a dagger in the slate. But the defense didn't do what it did all year long either. So all these things that Michigan built the championship, Big Ten t- championship season off of, 
kind of fell to pieces. Again, TCU gets us into a game we're not used to playing. We're not effective at what we do our best at, and we're, we're trying to figure things out in a run, and, and the stadium was noisy. It looked like there were communication issues in there. You got the two false starts when the center's not snapping the ball and everybody else is moving. It just, it just never felt settled. And in the end, you know, when the emotion for me, when the emotion wears off, I just take my hats off to TCU, their coaching staff, and their players. They showed up ready to play, played with an edge, and won the football game uh, with their style and getting us out of our style. Yeah, almost 500 yards of offense for TCU. Michigan, 527 yards of offense, and they lose that game. You tell somebody that at 3 o'clock on Saturday that they'll have 527 yards of offense, you would think they're going to win that game 45-21. You look at the – this is the big key here. Net yards rushing for TCU, 263. Yeah, that's – that's that you're gonna you're gonna win a lot of football games when you can run for that many yards, Bill. And then the other one, you said if Michigan doesn't kill itself, you know as well as I do, statistically in the game of football, if you turn the ball over three or more times, your chances of winning the game are zero point zero, Blutarski. You are not winning any football games. <laughs> Only an Animal House reference from Skeener. Uh, well, yeah, the three turnovers is the other one I was going to say. And then here, here's something that I'll, I'll challenge you, that I challenge the audience on Facebook, Twitter, and on air earlier. Tell me a defensive lineman that made a play all game for Michigan. Yeah, that's uh, that's a that's a tough one, Bill. Again, um, Boy, we just weren't getting home. We didn't make that quarterback of theirs. He was tough and smart, you know, make bad decisions of his own. And J.J.'s double reversing, running around, you know, leaving the pocket. And uh, at times I think it was a little unfair to, to our offensive lineman when he did that. I wish he would have stepped up instead of running backwards. Um, but, he, you know, he's athletic enough to get away with that stuff. But to your point, I can't answer the question. I can't tell you anything that sticks out. Now, I'm sure the Michigan defensive lineman, Mozzie Smith, there, there's one. Mozzie, Mozzie makes the tackle, strips the ball, and makes the fumble recovery. There you That's go. the play of the game from the defensive line right there. Yeah, and he had, by the way, that was his only tackle, two assists. Uh, Morris, two tackles. We're talking full game. Uh, Graham, who's played well as a freshman, one tackle. Yeah, those are, yeah, Mozzie Smith made, I agree with you, it would be the fumble strip. That's a good uh, pick up yeah. by you, but yeah, just not not the dominant side of things in that edge speed that they said we can get to the corners. And when you look at the rushing, and when you look at the the missed tackle, turned you know you, you cut it to three, all of a sudden it's ten. And I'll give Michigan credit for what they adjusted offensively in the second half, but you know things you hadn't seen all year long. Some of the slow starts, uh, almost slow starts every game. Uh, we had seen, and they found a way to get through it, and they almost did against TCU. Now the question is, uh, the story so much isn't a loaded team coming back, Doug, is that uh, reports you know, within the last three hours are saying if the Broncos offer Harbaugh, he is leaving Michigan for Denver. Well, you know, I was talking with a good friend of mine earlier about that, and this is the, the Harbaugh of the NFL season. And I've said now since since a year ago, this would not surprise me. It didn't surprise me a year ago when he was allegedly leaving to go coach the Vikings. But I just think uh, whether it's Jim Harbaugh or Ryan Day or any of these big-time college coaches, 
this era of this NIL and transfer portal, I can't imagine how they manage their teams. And you just don't have any roster certainty. You got to play all these hats. You got to be all these different guys. And, and all these guys, if they just want to coach football and know that they got a, a roster that they can manage and, and, and have some certainty, it, on one hand, I would not blame him one bit for going up to the NFL and chasing that Lombardi trophy again because he was so close before. And when you look at what college football and, and basketball and all these sports have to deal with now with these kids hitting the transfer portal and wondering who's going to come and go and you don't have any control over it, I don't blame any coach for taking a hard look at the NFL or any professional league where you get some certainty and it, it, it appears to be a more fair playing surface, if you will, uh, for coaching. Because right now, I don't know that that's the case in college football with the craziness going on with the NIL money and the transfer portal. It's just nuts. So it doesn't surprise me to hear that. And if it turns out that Jim jumps to the NFL, that really won't surprise me a whole lot. And then someone's going to have to step up and figure out how to make this thing happen at Michigan. Doug Skeen won five Big Ten titles as an offensive lineman at the University of Michigan, late 80s, early 90s. Also a co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast, so you can hear... Weekly at the Wolverine.com, his thoughts on the TCU-Michigan game, the Harbaugh story. Doug, good stuff as always, my man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Bill. Go Blue. All right. Doug Skeen checking in on the Meyer guest line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan Athletics. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So Holiday Hoops is still here uh, today, I guess, as everybody's enjoying uh, holiday, so you need to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Not only holiday hoops, but the college bowl action, Monday night football, uh, and more. NBA, NHL, just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code HUGE when you sign up, and new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Plus, everyone can combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, which are pretty cool. You can take a big game, uh, put in what a player or team will do, and the more legs you add, the more money you can win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, use code HUGE when you sign up. Then place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app after you download it. And also use that promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash basketball terms. On the way, Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com. Senior columnist, insider when it comes to Lions in the NFL. We'll talk about the Lions game. Being flexed to Sunday night against the Packers. So Sunday afternoon from 4 o'clock on will be pretty big for the Lions fan base. You'll be rooting for the Rams to beat Seattle. And if that happens, the Lions will kick it off on Sunday Night Football in America against Green Bay. And if they win at Lambeau, they will be in the playoffs as a seven seed in the NFC. If Green Bay wins that game, they're in regardless of what Seattle does against the Rams. 
That will be a huge Sunday. We'll talk to Mike O'Hara from DetroitLions.com about that next. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Get more for your money and kick off the new year with Meyer. Start your wellness journey with buy one, get one free vitamins or supplements. And enjoy delicious meals with deals like 80% lean ground beef for $2.99 per pound. Taylor Farm Salad Chopped Kits, two for $6. And Lean Cuisine or Stouffer's Frozen Meals, just $2.48 with Emperks. Plus, pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in downtown Grand Rapids. They now have merged with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of the state, and they're stronger than ever before in the state of Michigan, the Midwest, and coast-to-coast when it comes to your accounting and business needs. Find out more at beancarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. Also, Tom has stepped up with... With $1,500 in cash in the Beat Huge Pro Football Picks Contest. Now, if you beat my picks just one week, you'll be in the drawing at the end of the pro football season for $1,500 in cash from Tom Rosenbach and Bean Garter. Thursday night game is always a freebie. You have until Sunday morning to play every week through the big game. You can play once or play every week. Do what you want to, but get your picks in now at thehugeshow.net. We played for the thrill, that rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan on a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. When you download it, use promo code HUGE when you sign up. How to get the hookups? About an hour ago, we found out that the Lions-Packers game was flexed to Sunday night, as I predicted when we started this broadcast. I just thought it had the best matchup. Rodgers and the Red Hot Packers. He's a TV draw. The Lions with one of the top offenses, 30-plus games this year, right there with the Bills and the Chiefs and a young team where I think next year you'll see a lot, maybe the most national TV games you've seen in the regular season for the Lions next year. I really do. They have potential stars in the making. Uh, Goff has played well. Campbell, I think, is TV friendly. This was a 1-16. in When they showed that graphic before the Seattle game ended, that the Lions 
held on to that seventh spot until Seattle beat the Jets. And I just I sent out a tweet with a screenshot of that off my TV and said from one and six to this. And no matter what happens Sunday night at Lambeau, I said nine and eight play some meaningful games in December. Guess what? They're playing meaningful games in January. And if Baker Mayfield and the Rams, who have played pretty well, can beat Seattle, then the Lions Packers game is a playoff game. Michael Harrod, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist insider when it comes to the Lions in the NFL. He is standing by on the Meyer guest line and yeah, just think about one and six to where they are now. Think about from the egg they laid on Christmas Eve to the dominating performance yesterday at home. They've been unbelievable at Ford Field this year. So has the crowd. Yeah, they really have. And that was another big crowd, big enthusiastic crowd. And think back a little even further, you know. This team was 3-13 and 13 last year and started this season. And I'm not factoring in the, the tie, of course. Three and thirteen, followed by one and six. Mm. That's four and nineteen. Think about that. Yeah, four, four and nineteen and, 19 and one. Yeah. And what and what they've done since then, and how uh, how uh, Dan Campbell and his staff have kept the team together, kept the coaches together, made some adjustments, some tweaks, things like that. You know, two major ones. You know, changed the offensive coordinators, made a change in the defensive backfield on the staff. But uh, and you know, and as they always do, massage the the, the the lineup, the players, and all that. I think what they've done since that start of four and nineteen, and one tie, and where they are right now, I think it's it's absolutely amazing. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Dan Campbell got some token votes for Coach of the Year. Although I just, it's hard to warrant Coach of the Year for somebody who's at five hundred. But if anybody deserves it, it's a coach who's done what Dan Campbell's done. That's why that Seattle game obviously is big for Detroit, Michael. Sure, that absolutely. That if Seattle wins and the Lions are eliminated, you know, just human nature is a letdown when you're playing the Packers on national TV. I'm just praying that the Rams can win that because then that is a playoff game. That is the first test for this group in the biggest game we've seen with the Lions since maybe uh, their playoff game against the Cowboys and, and, and a young team. Uh, where, again, you watch a young team uh, not show up on Christmas Eve, but they came back home and they're inspired by the crowd and just some pride off of what happened uh, eight days before against the Panthers. And, you know, man, just just win, Rams. So that game uh, is the winner moves on for both sides. Green Bay is in that position right now. Uh, But just for the Rams to take care of business, they'll play a little after four. On Sunday, Lions will kick off a little after 8 o'clock against the Packers at Lambeau. That would be such a big feel in prime time. It certainly would. And I mean, I'm a little ticked at the way it's been done, by the way. Not that my opinion means anything. They're not going to close the doors down at the NFL headquarters or anything. But I don't see why they couldn't have started both games at 425 or 430, whatever it was, and really have a true, you know, uh, not, not, not knowing the outcome of what happened to the other team when you take the field. I think that would have been the thing to do, and I think it would have been more sporting. I think it would have created more, you know, been more true, pure drama if they would have done it that way. And I don't I don't see any reason why they couldn't have had Seattle at 425 playing its game against uh, uh, against L.A. and then the Lions and Packers at, over here at, you know, at Lambeau Field at the same time. I think that would have been the way to go. I think the fans deserved it. I think uh, football deserved it. I really do. 
Well, and the Packers uh, got it in prime time because they control their destiny. Okay, Packers don't have to wait on anybody else. That's what I'm saying, why the NFL did it. Green Bay, Rodgers wins, he's in after their 4-8 and eight start. Well, I understand that, but why not? Why not? All that same, all that same stuff can happen at four twenty five too. Yeah, I know it's it's great, man. Absolutely I, the same thing for us to be talking about the Lions getting flexed to prime time for the word playoff uh, to be a part of a conversation from where they were at one and six. What you said about last year, uh, man, uh, this is bonus time. I'm not into moral victories, but the emergence of so much young talent, how well golf has played, especially at home, still can't believe he isn't part of the Pro Bowl. And you look at Hutchinson, you look at James Houston, you look at how they're stepping up, becoming, uh, well, they are. They're the, they're the two best rookie defensive linemen slash pass rushers uh, out there in the NFL this year. At just, a, you know, Rodrigo in the middle, you know, he'll still – uh, miss every once in a while, but uh, the O-line, which isn't getting a lot of love for that offense, what they've been able to do and battle through injuries. I mean, the storylines, and you're at DetroitLines.com, Michael, the, the storylines on this season are about a decade's worth of stories, right? You know, I could I could sit down at, at, on any Monday at, at, eight, at 9 o'clock and write until Friday at 5 p.m. Exactly. And then I get everything done. And I probably shouldn't say that because they might pick me up on it, but... <laughs> But it, it's really, it's really a, stu, uh, a team that's it's, it's full of stories. It's full of good players, and it's full of good people. You know, one thing I was talking to uh, Taylor Decker after the game yesterday, and talking about Jamal Williams just six yards short of getting a, his first thousand-yard rushing season, and and just it shows you the the. the connection players have among each other. Taylor Decker said, yeah, basically, I'm paraphrasing what he said, yeah, basically it's great for an offensive lineman. He said, but there's no player I would rather have get a 1,000 yards than Jamal uh, Jamal Williams. He said he's a great human being, the best teammate he's ever had in his life. I think that really speaks to how that team has kind of been knitted together and the way it's been assembled and the players that – you know, the players that they either signed or kept or made decisions on or whatever it was, but what they've got going over there really is something, excuse me, that's pretty special. You know, we experienced that, you know, back in the 90s when they were, you know, perennial, or annual, I should say, playoff teams from 1991 to, to 1999. But this is, I think, they're building towards that. And in, and in, in quite a bit of, in a, in a fast way, I think they're building towards that here in Detroit now in this this new millennium, new decade, whatever. Yeah, you could see when Williams had that big run late. Yep. That golf was one of the first guys down the sidelines, uh, giving him a hug. Uh, you know, before he was even up off the ground, it was really close. And just you can see the team is playing for each other. They're playing for Campbell uh, again. How well they've played at home, and even go back to how close they were to beating the Bills. Arguably a top two team now with you know Kansas City, maybe Cincinnati in the NFL, and just uh, again since one and six, you know you look at this season, it would be a shame if that forty eight forty five loss to the Seahawks kept them from the playoffs. Well, I was just going to mention when I talk about you know my little rant there on why the games could be those two games Sunday couldn't have the same start time. When you look at it, there was one game I think that mm-hmm. kept the Detroit Lions out of the playoffs. It's a forty-eight to forty-five loss to the Seattle Seahawks. When you score forty-five points, you're supposed to win. No, 
No excuses, no nothing. You're supposed to win that. I don't care how you do it. And they just couldn't. Amen. Uh, but now they get a chance. Uh, if if the Rams, and the Rams are uh, they're playing good football with Baker Mayfield, so I won't rule it out. And it's not like they need the tank to help the draft pick because the Lions uh, get that first-round draft. So I, I guess I'll give up a – a couple of slots in the first round for the Lions to have a shot at the playoffs, right? Yeah, I heard some. Yeah, I heard something today that yeah, I want. Look, I want the wins. I don't want the draft picks. I think you play to win, no matter what. That's my opinion. Of course, it's not my franchise either. But I heard something today that if the if the Rams lose, if the pick is number four, or number five, something like that, and if they win, it's nine or ten. That's a you know, that's that's a pretty big difference at that you know that part of the um, you know that high in the draft but still i'll take the win over the draft pick any day of the week especially for the opportunity it presents for the detroit lions yeah i will say the rams didn't look good in the 31 10 loss um to the chargers but the chargers are again kind of like the packers playing as good as anybody in the nfl right now seattle's defense isn't there so again it would just you know seattle it's a playoff game for them uh green and then seattle has to wait on green bay that night because the Packers control their destiny and the Lions need the Rams uh, to post a, a win on the road. And if they could do it in Baker, maybe knowing that game could be big for teams that are looking for a starter or quality backup. So let's hope they uh, get it done. There you go. Well, yeah, let's hope for one thing. Let's hope that the game means something. Let's hope, number two, that the Detroit Lions win it. That's that's. It's as simple as that. It's a very simple equation. Well, if, if the Rams don't beat Seattle on Sunday before the Lions play the Packers, now flex to Sunday night, Lions do have a shot to ruin Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay season uh, at Lambeau, which would, I think, uh, would be a mild consolation prize to the Lions nation. It will be a mild consolation prize for sure, but it wouldn't be, a, I don't think, even a mild upset because I don't know, and I didn't really realize this until I started looking into it today, but in the last 11 games, the Lions, with, with, the, with the Packers, the Lions have won six and lost five, so including, you know, they've had back-to-back wins now, the last game of last season and, 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 and week nine, I think it was, of this season, they won the last two, so there's absolutely no reason that this this group of Detroit Lions should fear the Green Bay Packers at any level at all because they've, they've beaten them in their span here more than the Packers have beaten them. So I think it's a great matchup. We'll see what happens. Mike, always appreciate your huge opinions. Uh, happy New Year, and we'll talk soon. <laughs> all right, huge. Thanks for having me. All right, Mike O'Hare, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist. Insider when it comes to lines in the NFL, joining us on the Meyer Guest Line and Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with your Detroit Lions. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app. Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Are you ready? 
The toughest sport on dirt is back for an all-new 2023 season. Join the party and come watch the Cowboys of the PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic ride the rankest bulls on the planet live at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. Tickets on sale now at PBR.com or Ticketmaster.com. The PBR Tractor Supply Company Classic at Van Andel Arena, January 27th and 28th. We might have just come out with our most refreshing Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer yet. It's called the Essential Collection. It's made with coconut water and real fruit juice. So it's always going to have a real refreshing fruit taste. Can refreshing get any more refreshing? Yep, it can and it just did. Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. Made with coconut water and real fruit juice for superior taste. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer. IRC Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. segment on a live Monday broadcast. Thank you, Superfly Hayes, executive producer, one of the best in the history of sports radio. Hammer and Hank Hayes is excited in Rockford. Lions and Packers flexed a Sunday night football that came down during the broadcast. We'll talk more about that uh, tomorrow after three. Also, the fallout of Michigan's loss to TCU. If you missed any of today's show, remember our podcasts are free. All the interviews, full hours, and more available on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart. iHeart? iHeart, dude. I, I live in Scotland. iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Also want to thank Johnny Brand and his staff at the Brands on Leonard off of 131 downtown GR. Awesome watching the Michigan game there. Great service food as always. Remember, uh, check out any game at your local Brands. You'll find a Brands in Bay City for those listening on 100.9 FM. Brands in Caledonia just south of Grand Rapids at 100 and the Beltline. If you listen on 96.1 The Game, our flagship station. Brands in Holland off of James and US 31. If you listen on WHTC, also find a Brands in Granville. Johnny Brands uh, just west of GR also for listeners uh, who tune in on 96 one the game. And Mike Brand Sr. has the Brands on 28th Street just off the highway in Cascade east of GR. Now, if you can't make it out to watch Monday Night Football, the bowl games, Michigan, Michigan State hoops, Pistons, wings, and more, national championship game a week from tonight should be really exciting for everybody here in Michigan with TCU and Georgia. The good thing is for the Michigan fan, Ohio State missed that kick. That would have destroyed your sporting life. If Ohio State would have beat Georgia when Michigan couldn't beat Georgia a year ago, then they turned around and beat TCU for the national championship that Michigan would be thinking should be theirs. Michigan fans never would have got over that. Never, ever, ever. He'd be arguing about that in heaven. Then again, I don't know if Ohio State fans hit the elevator up or down. Not sure. I guess I'll find out when I knock on the pearly gates. 
And the way some Michigan fans talk to me, I'm not sure they're going to... The old Angels, who's the elevator usher, is going to hit the up button or down button. Yeah, I remember what you tweeted, Huge. Going down. Jump in. (laughs) Uh, I can entertain myself. Superfly, thanks for coming in. Uh, We thought on what is a holiday for everybody with the Michigan TCU game with the Lions in playoff mode, which is tough to really believe that we would go live today, and we did. It was a solid show, move fast. Like I said, if you missed any interview, anything, we covered TCU Michigan, Lions Packers, being flexed. Talked about Michigan's big win over Maryland. Nobody saw that coming yesterday. Again, just search the huge show where you download podcasts. Tomorrow, everything gets started at 3 on the Michigan Sports Network. For the station close to you, that carries the huge show weekday afternoons at 3. Just go to thehugeshow.net. You'll see the list of stations where you can listen. And remember, you can listen online weekdays at 3, also at thehugeshow.net. Big Bad. Huge.